Thank you, ladies. It is an amazing thing what one person can do to make a difference uh, to a life that is especially yielded uh, to the Lord. Open your Bibles again to our text passage of Galatians chapter 5, and then we're going to turn to John chapter 15. As I preach this morning on the gardener's work in my bearing fruit. The gardener's work in my bearing fruit. Notice, if you will, two of the verses, verse 22 and 3 in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and there are nine parts to this fruit of the Spirit. First of all, there is love. Then there is joy. Then there is peace. None of these things you can order on Amazon. None of these things you can get from anybody else. This is fruit of the Spirit within you. Uh, and uh, then is long-suffering. Then is gentleness. Then is goodness. Then is faith. Then is meekness. I love the word, and I love the meaning of the word meekness. Meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. Moses was a man of weakness. The Lord Jesus was a man of weakness. He didn't use his power. He used what was needed to accomplish God's will. Meekness, power under control. And then the word temperance. It, it is a, another good word that tempers uh, or controls and balance all good things. And then the Bible says, against such there is no law. That means there's no limitation you can produce all of this that you want. There's no limitation to how much you have. And may I say this morning, if you have these nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you are a blessed and a wealthy Christian. You and I should desire for these things to be in our life. Sometimes we make a mistake by thinking, we produce them in our life. I'm going to show you how easy it is to have these things, to have this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Take your Bibles and go to John chapter 15, and we see the gardener's work in our bearing fruit. The Bible says in John chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman or the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Mark your Bibles in John 15, and we're going to pray. And then I'm going to give you the message, a one-hour sermon, but I'm going to preach it in 28 minutes. You listen fast as I preach fast. The gardener's work and my bearing fruit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless in power. I have no desire to preach a good sermon or to be impressive in preaching. I hunger for every child and teenager. I hunger for every adult to understand what the Word of God is saying. And Lord, to the place that we desire to produce these things in our lives is perhaps we put new flowers in a flower bed in the last few days, or we put tomato plants in a, in a vegetable garden of some kind in the last few days, and we are expecting to produce flower blooms. We're expecting to eat from those tomato plants. May we pay attention to what we can produce 
in our lives that is great joy and satisfaction. Help me as I preach, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 15 really bothered me as a teenager and even as a young preacher because I saw God as the husbandman coming in with a sharp pair of shears just looking for what he needed to cut away. And that seemed painful to me. And that's how I viewed the passage of Scripture. I don't think that's at all what the Bible is teaching, though the Bible does say plainly the branches that don't bear fruit. He takes them away, but I, I miss the whole picture. In fact, I, I think for some time I focused maybe on the thorns instead of the rose. I focused on the difficulty rather than the blessing. And I want to preach this morning how the gardener, how the husbandman, how the Lord works in our life. He wants you to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness. He wants us to have peace in a troubled world. He wants you to have all of these things in your life. He didn't save us for us to live in misery. He saved us to live in victory. In John chapter 14, verse 31, Jesus and the disciples leave the upper room. They have shared the Passover bread together. They're going now to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus would later be arrested by the mob. As they journeyed to the garden, Jesus spoke the words recorded in John 15 and John 16. So imagine, if you will, they're walking together. They're going together. And Jesus is leading the group. Uh, they're going to the garden where uh, not only where Jesus would pray, but later be arrested and then go, of course, eventually uh, to Calvary and to be crucified. These were tense moments. They knew that he was going to die. He had revealed to them what was going to happen. And so every word was important, you can imagine. And uh, most of us have experienced in some manner someone that we've loved or a family member and we realize we have uh, but a few days or maybe just a few hours with them before uh, they'll be gone. And uh, th these moments are important. And the Lord Jesus is talking to them as what's recorded in John 15 and 16. Jesus begins to talk about the vines and the vine dressers, the branches and the fruit. Now, they would see that as they're going on their journey, as they're going on their walk uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane. They would have passed near the temple where uh, on the doors of the temple there was carvings and the carvings there were of the branches and the vines. Uh, the month would have been the month of April so these grape vines would have been in bloom, sort of like what we're seeing today or just past. Our spring was a little bit uh, later this year. And, uh, and, and so the, uh, this is a vivid and a, a, an, an obvious illustration of what Jesus is talking about. Maybe Jesus took a vine or he took a branch and he broke it off and he held it in his hands. Maybe it was like a, a, a branch that had on it a fresh, a bloom that would have been fruit and Jesus is teaching them and he is talking to them and he is saying I'm going away but the work I came to 
do is going to continue through you men. Now he said, I'm the true vine and you uh, are the branches. And he's teaching them as he's making uh, this journey. If these men carried on the work that Christ came and started, they needed to know how to produce this fruit in their lives. Now we think of, of uh, Luke 19.10, the Lord Jesus has come to seek and save that which was lost, and that was his purpose for coming. But Jesus uh, expressed all parts of the fruit of the Spirit in his life. He, he expressed the love, the joy, uh, the peace, the meekness. He expressed all of that in a world that that uh, not only hated him, but eventually crucified him. And he wanted these men to see, you can have the same fruit that I have uh, in uh, my life and ministry. And uh, that work and relationship continues today. This is not given for us just to know what happened then. It's given to us to apply today. He is still the true vine you and I are now the living branches. Are you with me this morning? And so he's giving that for us. And the first thing he points out, he said, let's talk about our relationship. And he says the words in him or in me six times. And, and they were God's children. He had called them. Uh, they had left their uh, work and they had left their life's work and they had followed Christ. They had put their faith in him. Don't miss that part now. They put their faith in him. They're now in Christ. They're not going to heaven because of who they are. They're not going to heaven because of what they've done. They're not going to heaven because they're good people. They're children of God because they've trusted him. He, his payment has paid for their sin. And so he talks to them about their relationship. May I say this morning, you and I are in Christ by faith. He is uh, uh, the true vine. You and I are the branches. Do you remember the day you trusted Christ as Savior? You remember the day that you prayed and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive your payment uh, for my sin. And you became a child of God. When the Bible says that we are in Christ, that's what it means. We put our faith in Him. I'm not going to heaven today. You're not going to heaven today because of who you are or what you've done, but because you are in Christ. So it begins in talking about uh, uh, that relationship and then he starts talking about our subject today which is bearing fruit. Uh, the fruit vine has one purpose and that is to bear fruit. It was not there for decoration. It was not there to hold up something. The vine was there uh, to bear fruit. Don't miss the statement. The vine itself does not bear fruit. There's no fruit on the vine. It delegates the fruit bearing to the branches. Aren't you glad that as Jesus said in John 17, when he prayed to the Father for us, he prayed that our joy would be full and he prayed that his joy would be in us. And so he's telling us here uh, that we bear fruit because we are a branch connected uh, to the vine. Have you ever cut a branch from a tree or tomato plant from the, uh, from the main stem and, and expected it to bear fruit? No. Uh, this week I was planting some flowers and, and uh, I, I was taking them out of the container. You know how all the uh, roots and stuff grow through those holes and I was trying to pull them through and, and be as gentle as I could. I broke off some of the branches and there were some beautiful flowers on those little, those little stems. I didn't plant them. 
because that would have been useless. I didn't keep them. In fact, they withered in a short while. How many of you have done that? You know what I'm talking about. Or you've been working and you broke off uh, uh, those uh, yellow blooms on the tomato plant. You didn't plant that in the ground. It can't produce fruit itself. You and I cannot produce fruit ourselves. I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. There's so many Christians struggling, wondering why, why can't I produce this fruit? Because the fruit is not in us. It's in the vine. It's in the vine. I don't need to focus as much on the result as I do the relationship. You understand, I can't break my relationship with the vine. If I break my relationship with the vine, it is impossible for the branch. So many times we say, I just don't know why I can't have peace. I just don't know why I can't have love. I just don't know why I don't have this or don't have that. And we focus on the result that we want. And what Jesus began with is not talking about the result. He talked about the relationship in me. In me you have life. In Him we have fruit. Are you with me this morning? You see, you see, you can't just decide I'm going to have love. You can't just decide I'm going to have peace. Quit pursuing the fruit and start pursuing the relationship with God. That's what I'll end up with in just a moment. You'll know I'm getting close to the end. You can put your shoes on when I get back to that point right there. Now, now, there is a progression found in John 15. First of all, in verse 2, he says, no fruit. And then he talks about bearing fruit. At the end of the verse, he says, more fruit. And then verse number 8 is, much fruit. The gardener never fussed at the branch for not having fruit of itself. The fruit was a result of that relationship with the vine. The whole picture here is that Jesus is living his life through us. And so rather than me trying to be like Christ, I yield my life to him and let him live his life through me. That's why preaching is not important for me to give you my opinion, that'd be me trying to convince you of a truth. But what is important is that I take the word of God and we hear the words, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. The word of God is the power that gives the result we desire in our life. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, in fact, why don't you turn your Bibles there? You're not doing anything. <laughs> turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 and look at verse number 16. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Now, what does it mean, know them? You shall know them by their fruits. Of course, we understand. If you see apples, you say that's an apple tree. Now, the Bible says others know us by our fruits. What do they know? They know if we are a Christian or not by the fruit that's bearing in our life. 
And so again I say, it is not my focus on the, on, on the result, but it's my focus on the relationship that is so important. Then he goes on to say, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. There are certain trees that we don't expect to do anything except cut them down and use them for building or use them for fire. But you take a tree that produces an apple or a pear or cherries or whatever the case may be, we care for that because it continues to produce and we're known by our fruit. I love the story of a preacher of yesteryear, Vance Havner. Vance Havner used to preach in California and he, would, uh, he was a, a preacher of preachers and they said he would go out early in the morning, morning to the Rose Gardens uh, there in California before time for the conference to start. Vance Havner was a short and a small man and uh, he would go out there and he would spend time praying in the Rose Gardens. They said they would assemble back at the motel getting ready to go to the conference and they would, uh, and they would begin to smell and sniff the smell of roses and say, Mr. Havner, I know where you've been this morning. You've been in the rose garden. Because of his time in the rose garden, he smelled like it. May I ask us a question this morning? What do we smell like? Where have we been? You can't, look, you can't get angry at yourself and say, I want to produce that fruit. It don't, we don't produce it by force. We produce it by fellowship with the Savior. The key now to my responsibility is bearing fruit is not the work. It is the result of the work. The work is to abide in Him. We're trying to figure out how to have devotions in a minute, how to go to church in a minute, how to pray in a minute. We want to reduce everything. Friend, there's one thing you don't want to reduce time in in your life, and that's time and fellowship with the Savior because the more time we spend with Him, the more fruit we have in our life. Now, how do we abide in Him? How do we abide in Him? First of all, you need to be born again. You need to be a child of God. Now, becoming a child of God is easy because He has paid the great price. He has suffered. He has bled. He has died. He has been buried. He rose again for our justification. So to be in Christ is to put your faith and trust in Him. I'm going to heaven because of my faith in Christ. If you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven by faith in Christ. That's where uh, it begins. Second of all, we fellowship or we are in Christ in time of prayer. I ask you this morning, I don't have time to preach long on this, but I want to say this morning, if you're not spending time in prayer, you can forget producing this fruit of the Spirit of Galatians 5. Now, I believe there ought to be committed times of prayer that we do nothing but pray. 
I mean, there ought to be times that we meet God every morning and we spend time in fellowship with God through the day, but there ought to be a meeting with God in the morning. There ought to be a time of prayer. There ought to be a time of prayer specifically during the week, during the week that we spend time with God. And then prayer ought to be the attitude of our hearts and minds. Every problem, every difficulty, every question we face, we ought to say, Lord, what should I do here? What, what, what should I do? I'm telling you this morning, I'm not preaching to entertain you, but I am preaching this morning to get fruit of the Spirit in your life. I'm not preaching to impress you this morning, but I'm telling you, I can preach against the sins of the third world countries, and I can preach against the sins of the inner cities, and we could say amen and say, you really preach today, but I'm telling you, if you're not spending time in prayer with God, you're not going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to trust God. When I think of what the Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, pray without ceasing. I think of my grandmother's cooking. Now, my grandmother, when you went to her house, the first thing she said was, let me fix you something to eat. She didn't say, are you hungry? That didn't matter. Let me fix you something to eat. Now, my grandmother kept a pot of beans of some kind on the back of the stove. And she had always either what was left of a pone of cornbread, and, and I'm using a little bit of Greek there, I understand that, and, uh, uh, and, 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 and those biscuits, and those were always there. She kept those on the stove. That's just the way it was. Now, she wasn't actively cooking all the time, but honestly, she cooked without ceasing. She kept food on all the time. You want to offend her, say, I'm not going to eat. I mean, it didn't matter. I'll get you some. And while she was saying, I'll get you something to eat, she'd be making you food. Now, prayer without ceasing is having an attitude of prayer. And it's more than saying words. It's an attitude of, Lord, I trust in you. I need your help. Sometimes we do things we don't want to be alone. We say, I need your help. Can you just go with me? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about prayer, saying, God, I need you. I need your help. So first of all, salvation. Second of all, prayer. Number three, we need to spend time in the Word of God. Spend time in the Word of God. Now don't tell me you don't understand it because I know we don't all fully understand everything in the Bible. But don't say because you read a verse that you didn't understand you're not going to be a Bible reader. If you want, I'm preaching at you this morning, if you want the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you need to read the Word of God. Now start at the easier places. Start in the Gospel of John. Start in the Proverbs. Start in the Psalms. You don't have to start in the book of Daniel and try to figure out uh, what all of the weeks and the toes and the knees and the arms and all of that mean. You don't have to do that. But you can read the Bible and that Gospel of John. We need to have a relationship. You know what we need to do? Sometimes we need to turn television off. Sometimes we need to turn the internet off. Sometimes we need to turn the cell phone off. Sometimes we need to turn the world off. I can't hardly hear myself preaching for y'all saying amen. And uh, I, uh, we need to turn it off and we need to turn on God. You understand that the work of the devil is not trying to get you to kill somebody or to go into some kind of gross sin. 
It doesn't matter. All he wants to do is keep you having fellowship with God. Because if you fellowship with him, if you abide in him as he is with us, you are going to produce fruit of the Spirit. And you're going to have the joy of the Lord in your life. The devil wants you to complain. He wants you to, he wants you to fuss. He wants you to see all the bad circumstances. I know there's bad circumstances around, but I see God still on the throne this morning. I see that the Bible is still the word of God in heaven is my home and my only job here in this world. I didn't come here to stay. I'm just passing through. My job is to get everybody I can lined up to go to heaven. So first of all, I need to be in him in salvation. Second of all, in prayer. Third of all, studying the word of God. Number four, surrendering to his will. God has a will for your life. I didn't say God called everybody to preach. I didn't say God called everybody to be a missionary, but God has a will for your life. Can I tell you something? God knows how to run your business just as much as he knows how to run this church. You need to take God with you to work in the morning. You need to say, God, I want to do your will in my work. I want to do your will. I want to honor and glorify you in my business. Now, I'm coming to the end. I want to show you something here. Go to John 15. This is the gardener's work in my bearing fruit. Verse number two, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. In every branch that beareth fruit. This is what always scared me. Here I am doing right. I'm bearing fruit. Then the Bible said he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. I used to think God just going to come in with sharp shears and start cutting away parts of my life that's going to hurt. I, I, I thought he, he's going to take away my children. He's going to take away my blessings. He's going to take away. I'm going to live a life of tears and sorrow. That's not what he's talking about at all. I believe as the Lord Jesus was speaking these words. Get the picture. They're walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. I believe he reaches down and the grape vines and branches that are in the dirt because of the rain has washed the dirt over. Now you've done this with flowers. I've done this with strawberry plants. He reached in and he pulled that vine up off the ground. He pulled it out of the dirt. He purged it. That means he cleaned it. They grow grapes now on trellises. You know why? They put that on a trellis to keep it from the ground. You know why Christians don't bear fruit? We get down in the, we get down in the world too much. We get bogged down with the cares of the world. I'm worried about Russia. I'm worried about Ukraine. I'm worried about the inflation. I'm worried about this. Hey, God reaches down and picks us up and says, there's more to life than good prices on groceries. There's more to life than a good price on a car. There's more to life than a good value of a house. I know those things are important, but God sometimes has to pull us out and shake the dirt of the world off of us so we can bear the fruit of love and joy joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and goodness and faith. He's not trying to cut your life short. He's not trying to make you miserable. He's saying, there's no fruit that bears in the mud. I have to pull you out of that. That's what the loving, heavenly Father does. I'm not going to get this hour sermon preached in 28 minutes. He purges us. But I'm not going the hour. No, I just scared you. I didn't mean to do that. Psalm 51, 7, the psalmist said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He didn't say, Kill me, I'm no good. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, sin has hurt my life. Pick me up. Forgive me. 
purge me that I may be clean. You know what the psalmist said? I want to sing again. I want to enjoy life again. And if you're here today, and whether it's sin, whether it's worry, whether it's fear, whether it's looking at the circumstances and you're bogged down, the gardener comes along and he picks your life up and it may not be comfortable and he shakes off the world and he puts us perhaps on a part of a trellis or a post or something that we can get up out of the world and we can bear fruit in our life. Stand with me if you will. I want us to understand this morning that God loves us. He wants you to have this fruit in your, in your life. He wants you to have that. You say, preacher, can I have joy in the mess of this old world? Paul had joy in the prison. If Paul can have joy in prison, I can have joy right here in America today. I refuse to live my life being a repeater of a, of a news station telling everybody what the bad news is. I understand all of the difficulties. I told them about inflation this morning. I read this week that now, now a picture is only worth 200 words. Inflation is so bad, Exxon Mobil laid off 25 congressmen. I know it's bad. I'm not living there. Right here's where I'm living. You can have that fruit. Spend time with Christ this week. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you don't know Christ as Savior... Trust Him today. Get your life in Christ. Get your life in Christ. You're here today and you're spending time. You say, well, preacher, I don't, I don't do anything wrong. But are we spending time with Him? The more I spend time with God in prayer, the more I spend time in His Word, the more fruit I bear in life. Heavenly Father, bless your invitation.